Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 28th, 2023, the day of Pentecost in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, is that a tongue of fire coming down? Or no, it's what's... a cowlick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or, or if I were even quicker, I'd say, oh, that's just the um, knocks from the exhaust of my Indy 500 car. Oh, there you go. There, You, you know what? That is kind of an interesting pairing. Our, uh, yeah. our Indy 500 race, uh, uh, you know, steel and, 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 and combusted fire um, for the day of Pentecost. <laughs> mm hmm. We all have our own ways. <laughs> Celebrate. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, this is this is essentially the end of the Easter uh, season. Is yes. this one of those, um, is this one of those uh, events that is like, has a toe in the water of one season and a toe in the water later? I'm assuming no, because the next season call is called the season after Pentecost. Yeah, so, that, so it kind of feels like it's bookended. It, it really is bookended. I mean, certainly, you know, given four cups of coffee, I could probably make an argument for both sides. But at this point, <laughs> I'll say, yeah, it's the bookend on the Easter season. Or it does kind of feel like it wraps yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so the the... the this is uh, th this kind of coincides, as you pointed out, coincides uh, with the Indy 500 this year, yep. at least. Uh, it coincides with a lot of kids, uh, you know, last week of school. Uh, yeah. um, uh, by th this point in time, they'll be, you know, out. And <laughs> your problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, and, and we get into the kind of the summer season. Um, yeah. Which I still maintain. Um, Needs a rebranding of sorts uh, after all this time. Season after Pentecost isn't flashy. Everything else is flashy. Season after Pentecost is blasé and bland, and we need to update it. Well, I still think it's better than ordinary time, like the Roman Catholic. I, 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 I would agree with that. Uh, ordinary time is about as ordinary a name as you can come yeah. up with. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm with you there. Uh, what do we have going on at the church? We, we, we've, you know, we're, we're, we're essentially starting our summer hours, uh, which means that there's no longer a nine o'clock educational hour in between our eight and 10 right. services. <clears throat> um, the, this coming Sunday with the, 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 the day of Pentecost that we're celebrating, are we doing two services? Or we're, we doing, we're doing eight we're, and 10. We're still doing eight and 10? Eight o'clock in the church, 10 o'clock at the outdoor chapel at the end of the parking lot. Okay. So, uh, so we're going to attempt to, uh, get that live streamed, uh, right. as, as one can imagine is always the case, uh, broadcasting from outdoors to the internet indoors uh it, with perfect sound and video quality is a challenge so we'll see what we can do uh with our with our limited technology capabilities uh since it is a a bit of a stretch it's not just out the front door well, and there we are it is like a hundred yards away since we've upgraded <clears throat> the internet mm -hmm. and no one else has to listen to this go get another cup of coffee uh i now have very good internet um signal mm -hmm. at the outdoor chapel all the way across the community garden yeah it's not too bad uh yeah. the, the the challenge will be uh once you have like 30, 40 people yeah. uh, sharing Wi-Fi, which is why we, we hard, hard code. We, we, we do Ethernet uh, yeah. all the way out there. So fingers crossed, nobody trips over that and, <laughs> and knocks out the broadcast. <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, uh, if it rains, obviously, we'll be indoors. Uh, but yes. uh, Oh, um, and either way, people are welcome to bring uh, dogs on leashes and whatever other animal you want might want to bring. We're not going to do Blessing of the Pets, but it'll just be more fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, something something unordinary for for the beginning of ordinary yes. time. Um, uh, but yeah. So what else? Do we have anything else going on? We've kind of wrapped up a number of things this past Sunday. Is there anything that we're well, the youth group mission trips coming up? Mm, yes, mm -hmm. um, beginning of June. Um, June tenth, I believe, is the Gay Pride Parade. Yes, mm -hmm. um, and we'll be mark walking with the. Uh, Diocese of Indianapolis Episcopal Contingent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of June is the Spark Fishers fireworks watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And so that would be a blast. Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. As long as it's not an explosion on our property. Right. <laughs> it's far enough away we're safe, but we still get the boobs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, those are the, those are the major things. Very good. Well, uh, since summer is nigh uh, <laughs> upon us, um, uh, lots of things to look forward to. Obviously, uh, um, we'll say it up top. I'll probably say it pretty much every week. This is the season of uh, travel. So certainly... Yeah. Uh, if this podcast finds you on the road, uh, our encouragement to, uh, to to still celebrate with us on Sundays uh, or, you know, when you get a chance, if you are traveling. True. It is recorded. Uh, it's recorded. It's, it's That's what it's there for. That's that's literally one of the major purposes is during this season in particular, uh, you know, spring break and, and, and uh, Christmas uh, uh, break as well. Uh, but uh, particularly when you find yourself traveling, if you find yourself away from home, but missing the home service, but, hey, that's but, what it's there for. But you don't want to get dressed for church. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we need to be careful we'll about how, how much we a perfectly good Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, Watch we still want, we do want to see you. Uh, please, please still come back in yeah. person at some point in time so, so, so we can say hello. Uh, I know those jammies are comfy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, definitely feel free to take uh, full advantage of, of uh, that flexibility and that capability. So um, let's move on to our, re- our reading, uh, our uh, This Day in Church History, uh, mm-hmm. May 28th in Church History. <clears throat> our first entry comes from uh, 1008, uh, which is the probable date of the death at Novara of St. Bernard of Menthon. And it says here that he's also known as the as Bernard of Savoy, oh, okay. who evangelized in the Alps. He was famed yeah. for founding monasteries in the mountains. Uh, I like this phrase to succor, s u c yeah, s u c c o r to comfort to succor travelers to comfort travelers. Monasteries that sent out monks with large dogs to seek people lost in winter snows. So if that sounds familiar to you. Uh, yes, <laughs> those are why those are called St. Bernard's. Yep. Um, yep. 1403, the German university masters attack John Wycliffe's doctrines, which had spread to their nation by way of Jan Hus and others. So German, German scholars. Um, um, what year? 1403. Okay. So I'm not sure. Whether it was intramural Protestants or Roman Catholics fighting Protestants. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Where we find ourselves in that swing, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 1573, uh, uh, I, I, will, I will point out ahead of time, I'll, I'll give you the answer at the end, but it is not the city that you're thinking of. S- 1573, take note of the date. Uh, the Spanish Navy sweeps opposition from Harlem Lake, uh, which will go on to capture Harlem itself in July, having promised that no one would be punished except those people whom the citizens of Harlem itself considered deserving of punishment. The victors <laughs> oh. proceed to butcher about 3,000 of the inhi- inhabitants of the city. Uh, this Harlem is in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I saw you kind of like recognizing like, oh, yeah, I know this place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because at that point, um, New Amsterdam or New, what probably they wiped 3,000 people. That'd be more than the population of soon to be New York. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Not that that Harlem had not been established. Yeah. Um, let's see here. 1663, uh, Joseph Aline, Puritan author of An Alarm to the Unconverted. <laughs> I always laugh at Puritan titles. (laughs) Is thrown into Leicester prison uh, because he does not comply with England's Act of Uniformity. Which which established the Church of England as the state religion. Yes, yes. Um, Which is the Episcopal Church. Raw, we won one. I don't know. Sorry during about that, the whole imprisonment. Thing. I was gonna say during that period of time, I don't think anybody has their uh, their hands are clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, 1685, James Renwick and about 200 men meet in uh, Sankuhar. Uh, San I, I had that name down earlier, and I said it wrong. In Sankuhar, Scotland, uh, where they will draft the second Sankuhar Declaration, which claims that King James II of England 
also known as King James the Seventh uh, of Scotland, is a murderer and an idolater, and that acts of Parliament and Scottish Church law make him ineligible to hold the kingship because he is a Catholic. Huh. Wait, which James? James Renwick. I mean, which king? Oh, sorry, uh, King James the Second of England and huh. the Seventh of Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Was it King James? Oh, well, no one needs to hear my ruminations <laughs> about which James did what. It was probably that James. Uh, <laughs> 1792, Roman Catholic Bishop John Carroll of Baltimore issues a pastoral letter, the first document of its sort in the United States. Among its main themes is a call for Christian education. Yay! Yeah, education's good. Um Let's see here. Uh, the one, two, skip a few. 1899, <laughs> the commencement of the first Latin American plenary council held in Rome to discuss numerous issues faced by the Catholic churches in Latin America. <laughs> yeah, but notice where they held it. <laughs> <clears throat> what? They, they sent word? <laughs> I'm sure they Skyped somebody in. Uh, <laughs> Did the carrier pigeon reach in time? Right, exactly. Um uh, let's see here. Uh, the um, uh, 1924 death at uh, in Africa of Baptist missionary William Haas from a fever. He and his wife had done much to create Baptist mid missions, recruit personnel, and establish the station uh, at Bangasu, Africa. Um, so the passing of that Baptist missionary. Um, 1937, death in Aberdeen, Scotland, of Alfred Adler, a Jewish convert to Christianity who had gained fame as a neurologist and psychiatrist. He considered man's will to power a primary motivator in human behavior and also addressed the role of inferiority feelings. That's helpful. I'm not so sure I mean, it is. I, you know, I don't, it probably doesn't apply to me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, 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 kind of. He, he does have an interesting story. I, I have actually read about Alfred Adler. Um, it does uh, sound very familiar to me too. Uh, he's got a cool story. Um, 1938, John and Isabel Kuhn with Charles Patterson opened their first rainy season Bible school geared to teach the gospel during a season when fewer pursuits are open to the Lysu people of Thailand. So, uh, sort of like their vacation, vacation yeah. Bible school. Uh huh. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, 1940, we see uh, the death of missionary leader Florence Selina Harriet Young in Sydney, Australia. Uh, 1941, Father Maximilian Kolbe is transferred to the concentration camp at Auschwitz, where he will be executed, offering himself in place of a man who has a family. I remember that story. Very inspiring. Yes. Uh, 1949, a Communist Party Congress in Czechoslovakia declares its right to educate children in atheistic Leninism without regard for their parents' religious values. What year? 1949. Yeah, because the Soviets took it over yep. at the end of World War II. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 1987, uh, Wu Weizun, a staunch Christian who had suffered severely for his faith in Chinese prisons and camps, is formally released from prison because of his pers persistence in faith and refusal to pretend he had accepted the communist line, the authorities de decided to take care of him, giving him a hut, official registration, and a monthly allowance. Which is kind of, That's kind of nice. an interesting story. Yeah, what, what year? 1987. Huh. I'm I got him. I'm, I'm too rusty at the moment on Chinese current events. I think that's when they were trying to become more part of the western powers that and feels right yeah and, you know, the, the current regime has rolled back a lot of those reforms and liberalization yes unfortunately yeah. um and our last entry comes from not 12 years ago uh 2011 we saw the release of u.s citizen eddie yoon yong su who had been arrested while attempting christian work in north korea i was gonna guess north korea yeah well, yeah, because I've heard of him. He had been beaten so severely that he scarcely walked without help. Um, but finally got saw his release uh, on that day, and that was that's uh, this day in church history, May twenty eighth. Um, ta da! Ta da! Uh, less uh, less uh, uh, death at the hands of <laughs> yeah, but uh, the government uh, the, uh, this day in church history. But it didn't start till one thousand something. <laughs> 
There was plenty after yeah. that. <laughs> there was still plenty or, of ample opportunity for that to be a story. Or, you know, it was the weekend. <laughs> Took the day off. <laughs> it's Pentecost. Yeah. I'm busy. Um, well, let's move on to our first reading for the day. Yes, indeed. This uh, first reading uh, comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 24 through 30. We're breaking the mold here in the uh, the Pentecost season and not reading an Acts reading for the first reading. I refuse. <laughs> No, uh, Don't worry, it'll show up later. Yep. Numbers chapter 11, verse 24 through 30. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, they, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one, in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of the chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? What that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses and the elders of the Israel returned to the camp. Um, so if this, this uh, the, I can see why this passage would be chosen for Pentecost, because later it, what a lot of people will hear in the first reading here is what we'll have as the second reading, yeah, uh, which is um, the actual story of Pentecost uh, from the book of Acts chapter 2. Um, where uh, everybody hears in their own tongue. Um, uh, they think they're full of wine and drunk or, you know, some, some sort of explanation for what's going on. Uh, and, uh, but there's, there's, a, there's a, one would say, a large amount of prophesying going on uh, in, in the Acts reading. And so this numbers reading kind of shows that there's, it wasn't unheard of. It wasn't unheard of. There's a little bit of a basis for it. Mm -hmm. um, um, what is, what's the deal here? Like, it, as far as where we are in numbers and the, the story of Moses and the Israelites, where are we? Because I mean, Moses. Obviously, this is before they enter the chosen land. Yes, yeah, Moses is because Moses is still alive. Um, but like, are we just somewhere mid forty year wandering or? Um, What's the, yeah. where, where's the context? Like, where, what's surrounding uh, the story? Where are we? Um, I'm just back reading. Um, it's after they've gotten the Ten Commandments, uh -huh. but fairly long before they'll get to the Promised Land. Okay. Okay. So, so um, they're, they're carrying the Ark around mm -hmm. and... Still complaining and murmuring and stuff sure. about what the cafeteria is serving, um, and, but still have a ways to go. Gotcha. For, I think years. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't feel like the story is Moses dies and suddenly they're like, "Oh look, there it is." <laughs> you know. Well, actually, yeah, right. There's a, <clears throat> and it takes place in Deuteronomy of they arrive on a high point where they can see it. And that's when Moses dies after uh, giving a long speech. <laughs> what a, what a terrible ending to Moses story from his person. Oh yeah. Uh, from him, from that point of view. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I know that he, he, he's forewarned. I, I believe oh, yeah. that yeah. he's not going to. Yeah. He's been told many times, but it does, it does seem like there it is. <laughs> well that's why it's there it is but you get to have a farewell address gotcha and and i suppose he does die knowing uh that that promise is on the horizon so i guess that's even closer that's yeah. better than than like i don't know when it'll happen guys right. bye <laughs> yeah and it, i mean it's we're supposed to see it as a it's a stone's throw away, mm -hmm. but Moses is stopping so so that he has a place to die before stepping into the river to go into the promised land. Mm, gotcha. Uh, so he would, wouldn't make it across. Um, and so 
I have to admit, I don't remember if he gets to be buried in the promised land or not. I just don't remember. Hmm. Well, as far as the numbers story yeah, let's goes, get back to this. Um, so uh, he gathered 70 elders of the people together uh, and placed them all around the tent. So, so this seems to be in, he does this with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why? What's, what's, uh, I mean, at, at this point in time, he has spoken to God directly. He has brought the Ten Commandments down once, uh, assuming it's, it was still ten the first time he smashed them, um, uh, and uh, then delivered them again. He's kind of been the conduit this whole time. Why gather these elders together? Why, why, um, why the why the difference? I, I suppose between like uh, th- this this uh, miracle. Um, that ever basically a bunch of people get to uh, participate in, as opposed to the miracles that he pretty much gets the solo. Because Moses complains. Oh, okay. There's this. It's one of these great, at least for me, one of these great dialogues with God in earlier in chapter eleven. Um, <clears throat> so I'll give you a bit of it. So Moses said to the Lord, "Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why?" Have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a second child to the land that you promised an oath to your ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. (laughs) I'll say this for emphasis. At once, I tell you, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. (laughs) I just... You don't find that's this awesome. in a prayer book. <laughs> no, that is that. Honestly, that's awesome. So, so Moses goes to God and is like, "Look, you're really putting me between a rock and a hard place. Why is it? Why is it always me? Exactly. They're your people. You go talk to them." <laughs> so the next sentence starts. So the Lord said to Moses, "Gather me seventy of the elders." So God responds, "Okay, you'll get seventy helpers." Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I like that. Then the Lord came down in the cloud. Um, so, um, it is interesting that, uh, with all this grumbling that's going on, uh, between the people and Moses, when they find out, um, that Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp and they weren't part of the 70 who were invited mm-hmm. or, or were they, and they decided they just not to show. There. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they start complaining like, Hey, Lord Moses, uh, uh <laughs> which also is a, an, an interesting, um, my Lord Moses stopped them, um, uh, which is a weird thing for them to s- say, right? I mean, um, so this is one of these classic cases where the Hebrew scriptures sound very modern mm-hmm. because this is one of those we now know ancient questions about how religious organizations should be structured, mm-hmm. obviously <clears throat> Jewish and Christian. Because one of the things that humans have tried to do over and over is control who God speaks through. Mm. And so I think this was very carefully written down with God's inspiration where the first time a big group gets the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, immediately there's a complaint that someone else got it. So it can remind you of whatever Christian or Jewish religious group you've been part of that suddenly people try to control who has authority. Right, right, right. right. Um, Yeah, so this is one of those, no, God gets to give it to whoever God wants. Right, right. Uh, Ooh, so so then that begs the question, which I won't force you to answer on this podcast for fear – that, that someone will hear it. Uh, you ever feel like Moses there, Father Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not for years. <laughs> but it, it, in, a, in a way, as you say that, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is like, yeah, we're still really not. I mean, we have structure that like is designed to help. We still fall into this trap of yeah. like, 
you know, oh, it's got to, you know, the word of God has to come from the priest, though, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I can't have spiritual inspiration unless it comes from this person or that person. Like, that's. Well, and the joke clergy make is, yeah, and, you know, the, the congregation all agrees. Lots of different people can can teach adult formation, let alone children's formation. Lots of people should be licensed to preach, but only one person can control the parish kitchen. <laughs> and it's not the clergy. <laughs> true. Yeah. True, true, true. Um, interesting. Uh, anything, Any? I, I do like the fact that Moses is like, we have the behind the scenes uh, yeah. uh, part of the story. So in verse 29, as a reader, you kind of get the laugh out loud because the people are going to Moses like, Hey, aren't you, aren't you mad? Like, yeah. Like, Moses is like, buddy, if you have any idea what my conversation with God was not 10 minutes ago, exactly. <laughs> you would totally understand why I am not mad at all. <laughs> yeah. And as this fairly famous line, I'm looking at you, Josiah, <laughs> yeah. bane of my existence. <laughs> Would all would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put His Spirit on them? Yep. Then you wouldn't need me. Exactly. <laughs> I could get a break. I've been to the mountaintop, and I am tired. Yeah. <laughs> Did I watch the sunset? No. <laughs> I had to haul these tablets down to you. Right. <laughs> And it was uphill both ways. Um, well, it was a lot heavier it coming was, down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, anything else about this uh, this numbers reading? It, it's a once again great reading. Yeah, read good the context chapters. around it. I'm, I appreciate you bringing yeah, that up. Read the chapters around it, and it it to me it gives so much insight into God's great patience mm -hmm. with humanity, but a great willingness to engage us at our worst. Mm. And and not just smite us or something. There's plenty of smiting in other <laughs> other verses, other portions of the Old There's Testament. Not that much. <laughs> it's, it's enough that people remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on to our psalm reading then. Uh, psalm 104, uh, verse 24 through 34 and 35b. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will, pray, I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord. Um, all right, I, I got to ask it first. We skip 35A. And you, you honestly don't know what it is? No, I don't know what it is. Okay. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. <laughs> Beautiful poetry, life. God gives everything. The absence of God takes everything. A beautiful yin and yang, creation and, and destruction, beginning and end. You're all sinners. You're going to die. Praise be to God. It's enough to make the children cry. It does. I have to admit, that does fully change how you read this psalm. Um, just that one line. In a way, I kind of understand why you cut it out. You're like, it was actually really pretty. I, I didn't cut it out. But yeah. No, no, no. The lectionary yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> amazing. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, that really distracted me. What, do we know anything about this psalm 104? Well, it's uh, 
It's a yeah. relatively long one, I, I feel like. Um, well, yeah, it's 35 verses, so it's yeah. a long one. And it's um, basically a song of creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it the other verses we don't have are all about the it begins with bless the lord oh my soul mm -hmm. and talks about the waters the mountains vegetation i mean it's it's very much an echo of the creation story of genesis though sure. no timings put in anywhere mm -hmm. um and recognizing as an honoring that god is the one who gets credit for all this mm -hmm. um and that part about the let the sinners be consumed, the it's a it's an added on doxology. Oh, added on like uh, like so from this, where we aren't sure, <clears throat> and it's possible that the original author was okay. Yeah, it needs to finish with a doxology, mm. and you know, and and some guy from the cheap seats is shy. What about evil? <laughs> Okay, I'll fix it. <laughs> there's uh, got to be that. There's got to be that <laughs> condemnation line. Yeah. Um. That. Yeah. Just. I, I guess we're spending a lot of time on a thing no one else will read, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's an attempt to wrap it all up mm -hmm. about the glory of God, and that. The, the wish of the author is that evil be eliminated from this otherwise almost Garden of Eden description. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the word in verse 26, Leviathan. Ooh, I love the because Leviathan. Because we've decided to capitalize it, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deal there? What's going on? Um, I'm just, let's see, what verse? There it is. Um, looking at the Hebrew, um, people don't, you know, basically people don't know exactly what to do with this, but it could be translated as sea monster, as dragon, as a large aquatic animal. Um, some even think that it's a description of a extinct dinosaur that's, come down through the ages in folklore. Um, is this the only use in the Bible of this there, It also appears elsewhere, one other place in the book of Psalms. <clears throat> um, that, let's see, is this... Um, just making sure... Yeah, and this has that great description, or why, there go the ships and, and Levi Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. Hmm. That it's a, an example that of how God really is of joy. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, hey, look at me make this thing. <laughs> and isn't that cool? Isn't that the coolest thing you've ever seen? Uh, bigger than a ship yeah. is the implication. Yeah, I am. Um so it could also, knowing Hebrew, I mean, knowing how Hebrew works, it could also be just, not just, it could be a symbol, a symbolic word for any creature that we don't understand. Got it. Got it. Uh, you know, like when gorillas were first um, seen by European explorers, they had no idea what those things were. Right. And... The, the explorers went nuts trying to get giraffes back to Europe because no one was believing them that they existed. Hmm. Uh, so those were, in, in theory, those were le leviathans. Gotcha. Well, and he, uh, especially a, a culture that is, is so close to the sea. Yeah. And the sea being one that, you know, throughout all of the, the, the period of history where the Bible is written, really see stuff right underwater you know, you it hides see. yeah tons so like even like even if you're able to catch kind of a glimpse of like a seal or a dolphin mm -hmm. uh it's just a glimpse and right. there's like you know what 
Yeah, I mean, I would imagine there would there would be a decent number of uh, um, kind of like old wives' tales of like, yeah, if you, yeah, if you become a sea merchant, you go crazy. Yeah, they come back and tell you all these stories, and there's no evidence of <laughs> right any right. of this stuff uh, because it stays hidden. Uh, so like a leviathan could be any every, anything from like a you know a, a whale to something. Yeah, I mean, greater. there's. I mean, there's so many crazy. To a land creature, there's so many cr- crazy animals and mm-hmm. plants, yeah, and crustaceans, jellyfish. Yeah, I mean, this goes on and on. So yeah, it's that great mystery. Even as they spend a lot of time on the ocean, on mm-hmm. the Mediterranean Sea, is what this is about. Um, there's still tons unknown. Yeah. And it's still it's it's still relatively. I mean, we we keep learning more and more all the but, time. But there's there's still plenty of things that we can continue to discover. Yeah. As we chart uh, ocean floors and everything, yeah. it's, some of it is wild. <laughs> yeah, and part of the biblical imagery is people can explore the mountains and hills around Jerusalem <clears throat> and the you know, walking distance or camel distance of there. But the ocean, you never understand. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much mystery there. And so that's a great image for God. Yeah. And God's work. Uh, anything else about the psalm? Um, forget about the um, let the sinners being consumed and all that. <laughs> Focus you're, on the... You're, you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, uh, Priest telling you, ignore this part of the Bible. <laughs> that one I'm willing to st- stand trial for. Oh, there will be so many other things. Um, since it is uh, Pentecost and since the uh, gospel reading is so short, we won't go into it. But I'd be remiss if we did a Pentecost uh, podcast I did it in at least hear the Pentecost yeah. story so that we could uh, juxtapose it with the uh, the numbers reading that we had. Right. So let me read for everyone real quick uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? And others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, And uh, again, not to not to uh, belabor the point, uh, since we we do cover this reading every year. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, But um, I'm I'm struck at least this time around of uh 
limited um, limited uh, vocabulary and experiences as these books were written down mm-hmm. makes me wonder uh, when when the story starts what this actually looked like. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Because it, you kind of, you, you even get the feeling from the author that the closest approximation I can say, or like, you know, as of fire, it wasn't fire. I know it's not fire, but that's like the closest thing I can come up. A rushing wind, but yeah. it's not a, just a wind. Right. Yeah. A sound kind of like a violent wind, but not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it just there's enough context clues that you get here. Like the the author lacks the ability to describe um, fully for you, the reader, these events, and it's just kind of a fun imagination experiment of like, I wonder, you know, I wonder what that looked and sounded like. Yeah, it's it's like passages in various places of the Bible, but the one about the. Um, God passing by and <clears throat> was not in the wind, was not in the this, was not in the that, but it was in the but was in the quiet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. How do you describe the indescribable? Right, exactly. Uh, and and knowing, uh, um, I I I know that uh, that we like to think that we would do better. Uh, so I'm sure two thousand years would give us plenty of the vocabulary. <laughs> Uh, but I'd be I I would love to be able to perform the thought experiment of like uh, put modern day people in that situation. Yes. And be like now you describe it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a violent wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you got a feedback coming Divided, through your mic. They kind of look like tongues <laughs> as a fire, but not fire. But like, all right, fine. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> Um, it looks sort of like that dancing guy in the air blower yeah. that is outside tire stores. <laughs> um, I'm also I'm also kind of curious. Um, I mean, the starting at verse 16, um, this is kind of like a, a almost like would this not have possibly freaked out the people? I mean, the, the and maybe it's just a. Uh, um, more modern readers knowing um, uh, the book of revelations and, and um, some of the end times language that seems to be in here, but like, um, no, this is what the prophet Joel talked about, you know, kind of end of the earth stuff. (laughs) So what is it about this Joel writing? That is looking through the lens of Christian apocalyptic writing yeah i mean there's a certain amount of that in joel and book of daniel um but it's never been a a a huge or even important focus within Mm. jewish theology so that should tell us something about how the emphasis is not supposed to be as if it were on oh the world's ending it's instead supposed to be the power of the spirit in people right yeah yeah that's kind of what 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 i landed on as well was the 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 point is like this isn't end of the world stuff this is like hey when god chooses to talk to you it's going to be so wild yeah that it's irrefutable yeah and that's what we're doing right now that's why you hear in your own tongue that's why there were divided tongues as of fire and that Mm -hmm. that wind that brought you all out even though there's no yeah this is you know, prophet Joel stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of no, God's talking. So you better pay attention to the next, what is it? Chapter and a half, uh, <laughs> that, that Peter right. then goes into, um, like, uh, uh, which is a, which is a great, uh, uh, um, aspect of, of Peter as an orator. Uh, yeah. uh, and we've talked about it a lot the past couple of weeks as to like how he engages the audience in, in a certain way. It'd be a great way to be like, no, no, no. Irrefutable right now. All of this stuff that's that's wild and you're not going to be able to explain it, it's because God's talking. So shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is Peter never <clears throat> takes, I mean, clearly Peter knows Joel, mm-hmm. prophet Joel, and nowhere does Peter talk about the end of the world. Right. So that's one way we know that that's not the focus of the Joel passage. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, let's move on to Just our one other oh, thing. Yeah, Just sure. Please. Real quick thing. Please, please, please. Um, Pentecost is the only 
festival that we have kept the Jewish name for. Okay. Because it's the um, festival of the wheat harvest. Mm -hmm. And and in Judaism, it's still Pentecost. Mm -hmm. In Christianity, it's Pentecost. And it came, it comes 50 days after Passover. Gotcha. um, Which, depending on which gospel you look at, is either the day that Jesus died or within a few days. Right, right. (laughs) Thereabouts. <laughs> yeah, thereabouts. Um, so hence fifty days later, Pentecost, yeah, let's all let's keep the name. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting, uh considering how much uh uh imagery is in the gospel writings about um uh the threshing floor and yeah. gathering the wheat in from the harvest, and then the day of Pentecost, uh with the violent rushing wind and the tongues mm-hmm. of fire, and like here we you know here it is I'm gathering you up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and that does give a new, uh, again, to, to divert the mind away from the apocalyptic style of thinking, uh, does give a very interesting meaning to the harvest, right? Like you're not gathering souls for your creator to then harvest and lift up to heaven. This isn't like the end. This is like. The transformation, like uh, mm-hmm. changing the world right here and now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, creating a harvest to then go reseed mm-hmm. on Earth, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting way to look at it. All right, our gospel reading this week comes from the book of John, chapter seven, verse thirty-seven through thirty-nine. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, "Let anyone who is thirsty come to me." And let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is a very interesting, small reading. Yeah. Um, So, um, the last day of the festival... Uh, which festival are we in? Is this are we are we to believe uh, John chapter seven? That's relatively early in the gospel. Is this maybe another Pentecost in a year in a year or two prior? Um, in in the Gospel of John, there are three occasions of Passover. Okay, obviously the last one is when Jesus dies, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> Yeah, this is, well, I'm sorry, no, this is not Passover. This is the Jewish Festival of the Booths, so it's close to it. Okay, okay. I think that's just a little bit before, but I'm forgetting right now. That's okay. Um, uh, What about this, uh, as the scripture has said, and then we put it in quotation marks, do we know where this line comes from, ish, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there as that great well-known <laughs> scripture that shall never be lost to the annals of time <laughs> says <laughs> it it's close to a couple verses in Isaiah it's close to one in Proverbs but there it's not a word for word with any of them hmm. you know I do <laughs> I do imagine uh, and, and and being Episcopalian uh, we can have this conversation of, right of the duality of Jesus, uh, you know, part human, part, uh, part deity. Uh, it makes me wonder if, uh, uh, how Jesus, the deity half feels about, um, potentially nitpicking, uh, his exact words and like, as the scripture says, and then like, People years later going like, that's not really how the scripture <laughs> right. reads, Jesus. Uh, you know, it's my scripture. Dan. <laughs> I can say what I want. Yes, but the gist, the gist. I can feel like Jesus is like uh, defending it. Like the gist of what I was saying is this. Right. I know that just because I didn't quote it perfect, and and then us being unhappy about that because you know you're a son of God. How'd you get this wrong? <laughs> anyway, um, uh. So, um, and you can see where, why this is kind of paired, even though like, obviously the story that, that we just read, uh, about Pentecost, uh, we're talking about, um, uh, tongues of fire and, 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 uh, um, 
languages that uh, these people don't know. But you can kind of also imagine uh, this river of water as well. Mm -hmm. And as uh, uh, whether it be uh, the physical sound of people talking in your own in, in your own uh, um, language, language. Uh, or the visualization of these tongues of fire, you can also kind of imagine this invisible running water from each of these uh, each of these disciples to the people who their uh, their language is speaking to. Of, mm -hmm. of kind of like a, this this imagery of of uh, the the living water being shared that way, uh, which is kind of a uh, kind of cool imagery um, to think about. If this passage is is like of things to come, this is another way to view the, the upcoming Pentecost story. Yes, and also. Um, we aren't we can't be sure of this because of the destruction of the temple not long after Jesus's death destruction by the Romans and so some of the temple traditions are not clear to us mm -hmm. but um, there's evidence that at the Feast of Tabernacles on the last days as, as it's described here there was um, water poured over uh, a cleansing water poured over the areas where sacrifices had been made. Oh, okay. And so it's a cleansing image hmm. that people will be cleansed from all the, the greediness of life. Yeah. Not, it's not, not quite a baptismal imagery, but it's not far from it. Hmm. I feel like we also will have a little bit of trouble with verse 39, um, considering our understanding of the Trinity um, in this moment. Um, um, because, you know, we start our biblical study off in the book of Genesis about the spirit hovering over the water and, you know, spirit being the first thing that's there. Um, so what about, what is this about? Now he said this about the spirit, which the believers in him were to receive for as yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. Is, are uh, we conflating other, these, these words and we're not talking about one and the same? Other, other to literally the direct quote from my Bible footnote is other ancient authorities read for as yet the spirit had not yet been given. Hmm. So the the so from the earliest days of Christianity, this verse was interpreted as referring to the um, gift of the Holy Spirit from the Acts reading mm -hmm. or from Gospel of John had not yet that gift had not yet been given to the followers of Christ. Hmm. So it's the spirits in the world. Mm -hmm. It's like you say, the Trinitarian theology, um, and had been uh, a vivid part of Jesus's experience as a human. Um, but so this is, does not mean the spirit was absent. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the spirit left. Right. Oh, Jesus is here. I'm going to leave. I'll come back later. Right. <laughs> right. Um, which sadly some Christians mistakenly teach, mm -hmm. uh, particularly if they want to keep, the, the Holy Spirit to only their brand of Christians rather than saying, taking the Trinity seriously and saying anyone who believes in the one true God mm -hmm. is experiencing the Holy Spirit, even if they don't use that name. Gotcha. I could see where this would be weaponized. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Um, that, uh, that, oh yeah. Up until the, you know, up until the point of Pentecost, like, you know, yeah. the spirit wasn't with anybody, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because it was waiting for Christ. And so therefore, um, you have to be Christian in right. order to, to, to have the spirit. And it does kind of seem to me as we read these different, um, these different verses, especially, uh, uh, since we chose to read numbers this, this week, evidence seems to point to the contrary. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to read the numbers reading and be like, yeah, it sure sounds like it's pretty much, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Whereas numbers, like you know, uh, I I suppose you could make the argument that oh no, that's from that's God, that's from God directly, not the Spirit. But it's kind of it's it, goofy to say that. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. There's something that rings fairly hollow to to even say those words out loud. Like oh yeah, okay, so that's 
God doing the same act yeah. as the spirit does. So then what's the point of this? <laughs> and what's the difference then between mm-hmm. the two? And like, yeah. Um, so, but it does kind of seem as though then there's, there's an, there's an additive to this. It's, it's still, not to say that the spirit was absent, uh, but I can understand that potentially what the author of John is talking about is when you're in the presence of, uh, this Christ figure, this, this Jesus, in a way, I think our human tendency would be to let all the air in the room be captured by that person. Like you're in a way you're kind of along for the ride. So even though you're like a disciple and a follower well, yeah, yeah. And, a, and, and whatever, it, you really do have that mentality or that safety net that it's like, yeah, all the focus is, you know, I'm here. I'm here to help. Oh, I, you know, I love, you know, I love what we're doing here. But when push comes to shove, it's that's that guy. You know, you know, <laughs> he'll address all your problems and questions. Um, I'll help. I'll be here. Uh-huh. But you know, that he's the one in charge. And you do kind of get the feeling that um, this 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 line here about uh, that phrase, yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. The glorification of Jesus allows it to then pass to those same people. Because when Jesus leaves, it's like, yeah, now now they're going to come. Yeah, I'm not here anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to come to you. And you are now in charge of the spirit that I've gifted you. Yeah. And it, it's interesting to me that what you described very much, I think, works with the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. But in the synoptic gospels where the apostles are so often so stupid, um, it shows that they're talking a lot mm-hmm. and probably, and that's very likely because for thousands of years, the Jewish form of teaching has been conversational. Right. And, and Jesus shows that in asking a question, um, which he does, at least in John, it just occurred to me the, you know, what has this woman done? And yeah, there's a little bit. A little of bit of that. <clears throat> but it's um, definitely muted. It's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the synoptics, it's over and over. And everyone, all the apostles that answer, their their stupid answers are remembered. But <laughs> presumably, it, they got it right often enough that Jesus kept using the rabbinical style of teaching. Right. Uh, so. Certainly through that experience, they would have been experiencing the apostles, the Holy Spirit. Right. And as Jewish students would have been for centuries before Mm -hmm. in being inspired during a rabbi's conversation. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like um, the author of John is is helping draw a a much harder line of like, no, no, no. While Jesus is with us, it's Jesus time. Right, right. And then when Jesus is gone, then it's you. <laughs> well, and in, remember in John, the gift of the Holy Spirit occurs Easter day. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just learn that Jesus has resurrected mm-hmm. the apostles. The women have, you know, experienced it in the morning. But the apostles just learned that Jesus had been resurrected. Suddenly Jesus is in the room. And Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's yeah. bang, 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 bang. Okay, process done. See ya. Yeah. Um, and then later, a, an additional chapter of resurrection stories comes. But, you know, that all of that is within practically moments of Jesus' resurrection, mm-hmm. which shows, reinforces what you're saying, is Jesus' time, apostles' time, extremely little overlap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because how could you? How could you have apostle time while Jesus is still walking <laughs> it would be kind of, walking the earth, right? Yeah, like, ah, let me talk to management. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I, I have to admit, I kind of like the the other gospels mentality of of kind of like it's it's a it's a slow learning process. Yeah. The 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 spirit is there. It's not a it's not a you know hard uh, yeah, hard, hard stop hard, hard beginning <laughs> exactly yeah uh, because. Uh, um, quite frankly, uh, if it were more the John uh, approach, uh, we're not ready for that. Right. There's, there's not, there's no chance you just turn on that faucet and we're like, yeah, we can handle this. 
Hold on one second. Wait, can we fly? We'd 100% be Lucy in the Chocolate Factory. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we got this. We got this. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, you got to train. You got to train yourself. Um, so uh, Work up to it. Exactly. Anything else about this uh, gospel reading? Um, not yet, because I don't want to give away everything from the sermon. Oh, there you go. There you go. Are we Are we going to get a sermon from three verses? Oh, easily. It's John. John. (laughs) Awesome. It's packed. Well, with that, we will call to a close this year podcast for May 28th, 2023, the day of Pentecost in year A. Uh, As mentioned at the top of the broadcast, uh, feel free to come and join us in person, 8 and 10 o'clock, 8 in the sanctuary, 10 o'clock outside, bring your pets. Uh, If you're not available or if that's just not in your bag, uh, we're going to endeavor to broadcast that 10 o'clock service on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. So join us uh, in worship that way if that's more comfortable uh, to you. Uh, And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.